a good thing that I paid $37 for Halo Reach because having owned it for a week and a half beaten it not in order spent a marginal amount of time online I find myself lacking anything that I want to talk about that game <laughs> it's a Halo game the story is terrible wow the only thing that's good in that game are the mechanics. And if you enjoy the Halo, you sound like your dog just died. Mechanic, Tim. It's the it's the <laughs> how could a game least, be that bad? <laughs> it's it's not a bad game, but it's it's like the least. I can't say anything interesting about it because there's nothing interesting about the game. There's what? not a single interesting facet of that game. Other I... than that, it's the ultimate refinement of the Halo. I don't believe that mechanic. What about the ending? Everyone dies. Right, but I mean, Mobile what about dies. the, the <laughs> I'm talking about the final level, where you're you're fighting for your life. Isn't that interesting to you? It's interesting, but it's in, it's it's okay. So maybe it's not all that bad. There's a couple really interesting things in that game, uh, but not in any way. How do I phrase this? They're not interesting because it's a Halo game. They're just really interesting ideas. So, like yeah. the last level, like you were just, uh, you just mentioned the le the very technical last level of the game is uh, you're supposed to die, but all it really is is like you're the last, assumedly like the last remaining person on this planet, as the Covenant are ready to just destroy it. Which is a terrifying concept. Yeah, and it's like uh, a single-player firefight mission. Basically, that's basically what it is. Survive mm -hmm. as long as you can, but the the time you the, the amount of time you survive makes no difference on the ending at all, but it's still like obviously as a player and the fact that you spent the last seven hours trying not to die your instinct is still not to die. Right. So it actually gets kind of interesting because you start out with like your default weapons the rifle and the pistol, and those eventually run out. So basically what you have to end up doing is scavenging the Covenant's own weapons and then using it against them. So like. I played it long enough at one point to where I was having to like monitor my ammo capacity and be like, "All right, do I have enough to kill this elite because once I do, I'll have I'll have to take his gun." Yeah. And if I can't, then I'm really screwed. Can you start the level at any time? Yeah, once you like like uh the way Halo 3 did it and the way ODST did it. Uh Did Halo 3 do it that way? I don't remember now. But yeah, you can basically, once you've played it, you can just go in and play it anytime you want. So you can start from that epilogue? Of yeah, that you, can final you, you can just play that over and over. Standoff? And over if you felt like. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
That's kind of cool. Um, definitely takes some of the <coughs> weight away from it. So the only other thing, yeah. So the only uh, in, in a similar vein, one of the one of the other interesting things about the game is uh, the seventh mission uh, called New Alexandria, named for the city that it takes place in. The basic setup of the mission is that you're flying around in a not a pelican, Falcon, which is like a smaller version of a pelican. It's basically like a, hel- a future helicopter. More right. or less. And the the mission is taking place in this gigantic skyscraper future city and you're flying this thing from location to location, like landing on rooftops, infiltrating the building, accomplishing some goal, coming back out and then flying to another building. Right. And the way it's set up is really interesting and like that whole level there are rooftops that you can set down on that have nothing to do with the mission. Like you're never sent there. There's nothing pertinent to the mission on them, but the fact that like someone went through and constructed a landing pad and then like a small space to run around and look yeah. around, that's just really interesting to me. That's I, the I only spent like better part of an hour just doing that. Yeah, I would. That's one of the areas in the game that I really want to see, based on what everyone's saying about it. One of the few areas in the game that I want to really yeah, see. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. There's two. I had this feeling as I was playing the game that. I was like, this will end up being one of my the least engaging Halos I've ever played, if not. But it will probably have some of the most interesting level design out of the entire series. And there's like a two-level combination that takes place in that city, and those two levels are back to back. And they're the two most in- that like that's the whole that's the most interesting part of that entire game is like the 90 minutes those two levels comprise. Huh. And it's just a shame that the rest of the game doesn't hold as much interest. Or in as much, like, weight as those two levels do. So, I don't know. New Alexandria is, like, ODST, but compressed to one level. Yeah. But not confusing in a way that a lot of people found ODST. Confusing. Right. Like, the hub world, people found it confusing. I don't know. I've yet to even play this game. There's really nothing else to talk about it, really. Really? That other people haven't said already. What about the first level where it's Invisible Brute or Invisible Elite? I don't even remember what the first level is. Well, you heard about that, right? Where it's like, in the first level, if you pay attention, when you start off, there's like Invisible oh, yeah, Elite stalking you. Somebody said it. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Some, I remember reading that. I didn't care enough to go back and look. I I really just don't care about that game. Any content-wise, what's in that game? Crazy. It might as well be, like we joked, it might as well be Wireframe. Because that combat's really well-balanced, and it's really it's still really fun. Do you think the next the next Halo game is going to be a straight up FPS, or do you think that to take the pressure off the team who's developing it right now with Ryan Payton and everything, that they're going to make it a different kind of game, like an RTS, like the the one that three four three four three is doing? Yeah. You think they'll try and make it a squad based one, or make it a 
I don't know what else it could be, one. The only other thing I could see them doing is it still would be first person, but I could see them doing um, more like Borderlands and less like a, a really tunneled experience. I don't know what but Borderlands is structured like. But so. Well, Borderlands is structured, it's basically just open world with mission hubs. Do you still have that game? And quest givers. No. God but I'm, damn it. But I'm thinking about buying the Game of the Year edition. I wanted to borrow that game for sure. I was thinking about buying the Game of the Year edition. For whatever it. reason, despite how much I talk shit about that game, I've had the <laughs> weirdest urge to start playing it. I just feel like playing a game that's mindless grind. That's a mindless grind for sure. Uh, or you should play 99 Nights too. Uh, yeah, I mean that that too, actually. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really touched. I haven't touched Reach for several days, and I don't really feel compelled to go back to it. I'm just not in the mood to play that game. I'm not in the mood for that experience. I'm not even really sure why. If I if I had to pay, if I was gonna have to pay full price for it, I don't know that I would have actually gone to buy it. The game's not bad. There's nothing really bad about it. It's just not an experience I want to have. I'm upset I missed out on that sale because I'll probably never buy the game now because of it. Because I missed it. Yeah. Let me borrow my copy. I just don't... <laughs> I will say the achievements are a lot... Or I'm glad to see that the achievements aren't so split between campaign achievements and Yeah, there's barely any online, is there? There's very few multiplayer achievements. It's like 60 points and or so dedicated. Right, but the only thing about it now is like instead of instead of them being all like in Halo 3 where it was like uh, get five sticky kills in one match or whatever they were, they're basically ba they're based on your rank, which is based on how many experience points you earn, which is tied directly to how much time you spend playing. Okay. And one of them is basically reach the last rank, which oh. signifies an, an obscene amount of time spent on the multiplayer. That could be rough, though. So it won't happen. Like I'm not even going to come close to thousanding this game. Eh, just kind of a empty. Space. I still really want to play it for some reason, just to get through the uh, campaign, and that's it. I don't know. I feel like I've boiled that game. I feel like I've boiled all the meat off of that game and basically put it down to like, all right, I'm gonna get on this fucking Halo train because everyone else is on the Halo train, and the only way for me to legitimize this experience is to turn it into another achievement hunt. And now I don't even want to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, there's no real drive for me to ever play through Halo games for any reason other than the games themselves. Like, there really isn't too much they could do achievement-wise to get me interested in playing the game more than I'd already want to play it because of what the game includes, base game. Right. So I would never really want to play... I mean, if they created an entire game that was just structured around uh, really random uh, missions firefight ish type mm -hmm. missions and it was structured like EDF yeah. where it was multiple levels and multiple objectives and stuff right and that was the that was the game and those were the achievements right then yeah I could get involved in it but I, like especially for for Halo 3 I found the achievements were kind of they were really unfun I mean uh, to be honest I thought that Halo 3's achievements were about as unfun as Crackdown 1's and I thought Crackdown 1's achievements were really tedious I never, I didn't think right. they were, they were just like, I don't know, it was like, hey, you really enjoy this game? Well, we're going to make you play in a way that's not fun. Right. So you right. walk away from it not liking it as much, which right. is a weird thing to do as a game developer. But, um, 
so far I've pretty much liked everything that most people haven't. So I got a feeling that I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna like so reach just the same. It's kind of why I have a feeling that I have a feeling that that's why I have a feeling I'm going to like Black Ops. Yeah, I think Black Ops is gonna be great too. I like I liked Modern Warfare too. It was a good game. I liked World at War the little bit I played of it. I liked Call of Duty too. But I think sure. Black Ops I'll be I'll, I'll be behind it a little stronger than I have been from the other sure. entries in the series just for some bizarre reason like you just described. So other than Reach... Dark Horse. Darksiders on PC a little bit that came out. It's Darksiders. It looks a little. It looks cleaner than the console versions. It's definitely a port. There's like very little control over the graphical settings, which is kind of weird for a PC game. I don't mind it personally, but everybody else hates. It. All the PC people hate it. Mm, yeah, I can see that. Because all it's, you just determine your resolution and turn on like some features, and you don't you don't go into like shadow detail and draw Sounds distance great to me. and everything, right? Yeah, and I'm right. Sounds As a console person, I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. Sign me as up. long as it runs. But you know, PC Master Race, they're they're not having it. Um, that's good. Uh, and then I've been playing a lot of Castlevania Puzzle Encore of the Night, despite the fact how stupid the that's entire concept of that game and name is. Yeah. Uh, originally, I bought it to play for something to play when we went to PAX, uh, like on the plane or if I was waiting or whatever. I didn't end up playing it very much during that trip. I played it a good bit before, and since I've been playing it, uh, pretty much any time I have like a free couple minutes because uh, the matches in it are pretty short. Like, you can just go in and play one. And it's... People keep comparing it to Puzzle Quest, and I guess they're just comparing the persistence aspect of it, the of like, it being an RPG. Right? And, like, yeah, I mean, it's, sure. it's basically Symphony of the Night. Like, you go through the castle of Symphony of the Night in the same order you go through it in the regular game. And you're just moving Alucard from one room to the next, and then he, there's, a, like, a random encounter chance every time he goes into a room. And then there's boss rooms, and the boss rooms are exactly the same rooms they are in the other game. In the real, quote, game. Sometimes you find items, sometimes you find armor, and you pick up health items, and you can go talk to the librarian and buy things, and there's, like, warp rooms and everything like that. But it's basically just a match three game of color gems. Uh, and they throw some variants in there, like some gems, when they come down, they're not active, so they won't count toward a match three. But if a match three occurs next to them, they'll become active, kind of thing. Mm. So it's pretty simplistic, but for some reason, it's really easy to play. Uh, I mean, you can turn your iPhone right off, off in the middle of something, and when you turn it back on, you'll just come right back into where you left off. So it's an easy game to just play in like one to five minute bursts. The only reason that I, the only thing that I remember noticing about that game was the fact that I thought it looked really ugly. It looks really mishmash. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It definitely has just like a really like pieced together look about it. Yeah. Um, strangely enough, and I can't tell for sure, and I keep meaning to look this up, and I always forget, but no one. No one else has seemed to remark that Alucard's sprite looks like it's been totally redrawn for this game. Hmm. His face looks different. He definitely has additional frames of animation. 
And it's really bizarre that they decided to do that for an iPhone puzzle speaking, version. Speaking of, why why does all the weird art-related janky thing... I, I don't understand. Why, why does all the weird stuff have to do with Castlevania? Like, a couple podcasts ago, we talked about how they were hovering, or they were... Um, not hovering. They were including those weird advertisements for the Castlevania HD game uh, over the top of the other advertisements. Oh right, yeah, yeah, in yeah. The Microsoft thing. Now there's this weird bit about the art that you're talking about. Yeah. And then there's something else weird that I noticed. Did you know that if you look online, um, the game they, icon- also, they also changed the game icon. You were saying. Yeah, for Castlevania HD. Yeah. They're constantly changing it. Oh really? No, I didn't. Yeah. I I looked at it. Yesterday, and it was, I don't know, I think it was supposed to, it was, uh, uh, the whip guy. I remember his name. Whatever his name was, I don't remember his right. name. The, the regular man character, right. not the vampire guy. Then it was, then it was Maria. <laughs> now it's Maria, actually. But no, they, I didn't notice, that's really weird. They keep updating it for some reason, but it doesn't update it from the Xbox user's experience point of view. Uh-huh. It only updates it from people who are looking at the your website? gamer card from the website or from one of those gamer card websites. You know that weird. You so it's maybe like a thing. Let me see what game this is because I never saw this icon before. Oh, it's Castlevania HD. Like I don't know if they're trying to get more people to oh, see the words it? Castlevania HD. Yeah. By changing the icon and like I switching if it's things just a up. Weird, I wonder if it's just a weird thing where it's doing like a random choice. Like it's not the same. For I would think that it's day. random choice, except I think it's. I think it's time for some reason. Just based on that is weird. the way I've been seeing it mm-hmm. occur. Like it was this guy for X number of days and then this person for a couple of days and then that was Maria. It's weird. What a weird choice. And, then like between, and who's doing yeah. that? Konami? Who's, yeah, right. Or, Expo, or Microsoft? Right. Yeah, and it's really weird because when you're, when you're, when you're, in, the, like when you're in a battle and it's it has Alucard, Alucard and the enemy you're fighting opposite you and they're they're like scaled correctly. So like if you're fighting a bat, it's like a little tiny bat next yeah. to Alucard. Like the bat isn't scaled up, but the enemy sprites look noticeably less detailed and more pixelated than Alucard does. And he looks different. Like his face looks noticeably different than I remember. So like Weird. he's been redrawn, or parts of him have been changed, and animation has been added. Weird. And I don't know why someone would do that for this game. Yeah. Other than. Especially when it looks I, I, so hobbled. Right, hobbled exactly. Together. Right. And like the menu looks really ugly. It's like a weird. I know we harp on menus, but that's kind of an important thing. The menu's really bizarre. No, it's a really important thing. The logo is the logo is literally like the Castlevania logo with the big like gothic C, and then like a vaguely similar font next to it that says puzzle, and then like another font that says Encore of the Night, and it looks like they took. Like a nice logoed version of the Castlevania logo, and then just like photoshopped layers on top of it. Right. So, but I don't know. It's simple. It's simplistic enough that I don't. It doesn't require a lot of investment to get into like a session of playing it. But it's complicated enough that I haven't tired of it yet. Mm-hmm. So the only thing, the only, the, the biggest downside is the touch controls are a little weird. But since half the screen, since half the screen of the actual game is basically given up to your opponent. And the touch controls work anywhere on the screen. Yeah. You can do it over there, and it's not really blocking anything that you have to see at all times. Mm. So it's not too bad. And it was 
five or six dollars, I guess. I don't know. I put like four and a half, almost five hours into it, and the five dollar, six dollar game. I mean, I could, I, I can't say that for some games I've bought in XBLA. Yeah. Some of which are Castlevania games. So, yeah, that's been a good investment. And are you ever gonna try and finish HD? I'd like to try, but as far as I know, you can't really get that far by yourself. No. Like the second, the second boss. Yeah. Clearly requires at least two people. Seems like. Yeah. And that's really all I've been playing because I've been working on a lot of puzzle things. quests. I've been working on stuff. I really haven't had time to play. You haven't played Puzzle Quest, or you haven't? Oh, I've been play playing puzzle, puzzle Quest Mage Trainer on Facebook. Because I'm a moron. <laughs> I just wanted you to admit that. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's okay. I've been playing Unicorn Attack. Inferno. Like that game. Like that game a lot. There's a weird flu. I don't want to say fluidity because I hate that word and I don't think it's really appropriate for this. There's a weird jerthishness. Feel. There's a weird jerthishness. There's a, a blurthishness. <laughs> There's a weird. Slurth. Uh, it's a very bizarre feeling. Feel to that game. That just yeah, feels, feels really good. It feels like. Uh, the only thing that I can compare it to is the way the original Metroid on the NES felt when you would go from locale to locale. They would have their own sort of color scheme and you know you were you were supposed to sort of pretend that this was the lava zone because it was orange looking. Right. And the music reflected that as well. Right. It sounded like lava music in some weird, indescribable way. This game isn't really as particular or specific in its location. Here's the word. But it's There's a weird frictionless quality to that. <laughs> Especially like the way that like, we're talking about the, the ship basically slides around like an air hockey puck. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Maybe that's just it. Great game. And the way the, the shots... Like, they blur, but they're not blurred. Yeah. I don't know, like, there's there's a definite edge to their, like, sprite or whatever it is. But then there's that glowy trail behind them. It's 80 points. Yeah. Like, what a ridiculous value for 80 <laughs> It's like points. the first thing. It's 80 30, points, 30 a dollar. 30 levels, mm -hmm. this huge gauntlet-style quote-unquote action RPG. It's really interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it's it really is. weird how little coverage Radiant Game series have gotten in the mainstream video game press. I have not found other, anything. Other, what was the one before it? Crossfire? Crossfire. Crossfire got the most. Crossfire got the most because and it was all people, negative. Because it was, yeah, people were just like, I don't get why this is supposed to be good. And then a bunch of people going, this is why this is supposed to be good. On forums. Speaking of people being unnecessarily negative and unnecessarily cynical assholes on forums, uh, we both played the Enslaved demo. 
Slave demo, which, as far as I'm concerned, my opinion couldn't be. I've played both versions now. Yeah. My opinion couldn't be more different than that of the majority right now. Uh, the best I've heard spoken about this game was I think Brad from Giant Bomb who spoke of it with sort of an enthusiasm that was <laughs> like challenged by his peers, and then he sort of got a little more lukewarm on it. Like they brought him back down to earth. Like they sort—I of, don't know. Did you hear that conversation on the, on the mm-hmm. podcast? It's almost like—and this is really indicative of what goes on in the industry. There's like a few people in the industry whose opinions are like ultimate, and if they don't give a game an okay, it's not okay. It's not okay. Yeah. Uh, and if you—you know—if your opinion wavers from theirs in the industry, you're sort of looked at as some sort of pariah, like some weirdo. Yeah, and no, that's you're right. it's it's very it's a very strange thing. There's just like alpha male <laughs> alpha male journalists in the industry who sort of run the. Well, there's era. like I mean, let me say should we just story. turn this podcast into the talk soup of video game podcast? It's going to go that way eventually. It will be that eventually. I know <laughs> it's. We get more bitter and cynical about these other websites. Yeah. This thing's just going to devolve but into. But a, you, I want to just highlight this because I I noticed this immediately. Ryan seemed pretty genuinely. If not enthused, he at least saw he saw the move games as something interesting and in saying, hey, these are kind of fun, they're not totally shitty, and they could be precursors to something genuinely good down the line. Sure. And Jeff just wasn't like having it the entire time. He saw promise in some yeah. of the tech, especially. I just noticed that like dichotomy like right away. I was like, man, he's just not giving any of this shit a chance at all. No. So don't send your like, motion related games to Jeff man, like, to review. I guess that's a lesson. But I felt the same way. You, I think you and I felt the same way when we had impressions of Connect. Like I'm still pretty up on that thing, and most people are just ready to shit on it. Have have already. Will continue to do so, and when it's out, will probably become more vocal about their displeasure for something they've never experienced. Well, I mean, it's something that's like no matter how much people complain about it at this point, it's not like even if they're the vocal majority. There's no way they're going to stop it from coming out. Right. So you might as well approach the situation with some sort of enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess not enough to be disappointed, but if you're disappointed in something like that, it's really your own fault. Right. Um, if you can't manage your own expectations. But I just don't see the benefit in being cynical towards anything, not just video games, but towards the inevitability of anything. At least not at first. I guess. I, I guess I just don't see it. I mean, I'm talking about inevitable things. Like, it's right, inevitable no, yeah, yeah, that yeah, this yeah. is going to happen. Things and that you don't have the energy out. to even influence or change. Sure, so, like, what are these people spinning their wheels for about motion gaming and everything? At this point, it's going to happen. Like, who knows if it's going to be successful? Obviously, all these idiots don't want it to be. Um, <laughs> I could really care less either way. If, if anything, the internet has taught me that there will always be a market for what I like from now until the day I die. Right. Whether it's me and you just making these games when we're 80. Yeah, like if that's what if that's, that's what, what hardcore games devolve into, that's fine with me. I don't really care. So back to uh, Enslaved, the demo. Uh, hey, you know what? I think that game's you, great. You played the 360. I think that game okay, is great. Okay, so I played the PS3 version first, 
And then you played the 360 version yesterday, and then I played it this morning. And after playing it a second time, two things became apparent. One, I think I'm, I really like that game. And two, the PS3 controller sucks. PS3 controller is terrible. It's amazing sucks. how it's amazing how we went from that being a standard that I or the standard to something that is obviously handicapped when compared to other controllers, specifically the 360s. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about the PS2 days. Uh, I just I remember thinking to myself, man, there will never be a better controller than the DualShock 2. Right. But uh, boy, is it terrible. I mean, and we can talk about it if. We already kind of talked about it, but uh, it's probably worth mentioning as well. I played the Quantum Theory demo on 362. Yeah. And even then, I was like, you know, this game isn't that... It's not that bad. It's not that Especially bad. Especially with that controller. Wait. I felt like I was with the 360 controller. With the 360 controller. It was it felt way better. more... It just felt yeah. better. It was much more... Much more manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I, I was thinking about that as I was playing... Or I was thinking about this as I was playing the Quantum Theory demo. I was thinking, you know... That's probably the reason why I don't really get excited about the Killzone games, whether I realize it or not. Yeah. Because I don't want to slog through any multiple-hour experience, mm-hmm. FPS experience, with that, with those two joysticks, those yeah. DualShocks. They're terrible. Yeah. There's no weight to them at all. They just fall left and right. I yeah. Mean, the loosest pieces of garbage. It is, yeah. It's amazing. But I wonder if there's a third-party solution to that that's like elegant enough. There's a PS3 controller that's more like a 360. Yeah. Well, I know there's like an adapter, isn't there? Because know. of complaints like these? I'm almost Probably. positive there is one. You can map. I mean, there's the same amount of buttons, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I played Enslaved on the PS3, and then I played it on the on the 360. And uh, I realized what that game... I realized a couple things about it playing the demo again. And maybe I should start playing demos more than once now, because... There's no way I was going to notice this in the first run through for it. Uh, one, the color palette of that game is really similar to a lot of other games that I really like. It's a lot like, like Nier, but like with the saturation turned way up. Okay. Just so like the browns and the greens, and like the obviously the the destroyed uh, urban scapes and everything like that. Did that game look like another game to you besides those games? Uh, the game, well. Having watched that quick look, now I can't get Bionic Commando out of my head. Why did they say something like that? Uh, Brad mentioned, asked Jeff if he thought it looked like Bionic Commando. I thought it looked. I thought. I always thought since I first saw the, since I saw the first screenshots, I thought that it looked a lot like Bionic Commando. And then the other game it reminded me of actually was Too Human. Hmm. At least with like the robot yeah, the robot design. design. Yeah. Yeah. The really arbitrary, weird, weird, just like robots that are angled like wing triangular like yeah. panels on things. Yeah. The thing is uh you know those robots I think were like that in Too Human because I don't think the designers could design a good robot to save their lives. <laughs> right. But in this game like I played Heavenly Sword. Mhm. And one of the like strong suits of Ninja Theory ironically enough is character design. Right. <laughs> And so they're they're really good, especially modeling. They're really good at creating really interesting looking things, yeah. really interesting looking characters. So maybe it's because it's inorganic, and this is the first time they've really tackled that. Because I've, I, as far as I know, if I look back at their catalog, which isn't very deep, but uh, they're not really one to tackle inorganic anything. Right. Like that's where they're lacking in mm-hmm. um, experience. 
But I noticed the same thing. But like, there's the, the and then like the weird like. I also don't like the rendering in that game. Heavily, what's that? Like the way the game is rendered, it looks like. In enslaved, you're talking about. Yeah. The way they, the, it's just the way the end, the engine render, render. Blah, 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 blah. It's just the way that the engine renders the game. I don't like. It looks like a. Um, it looks like a. An environment that you built, that your child mind built, and that these are action figures. I think it's a lack of atmosphere. There's a lack of depth in that game. There's like a lack, there's a lack of focal depth. Well, there's well, no, it's 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 to me. To me, it feels like it's a an absence of atmosphere and an excessiveness and an excessive depth of field effect. It's like both at the same time. Like there will there will be no atmosphere, no dust, no this, no that, no that, no right, that. And at right, the same right, time, right. you'll be in an area where twenty feet behind the main characters, it's nothing but a blur. That that that. Style, yeah, which Bionic Commando did too, mm-hmm. and I think that's why the game. I think it's just the engine is the other thing I noticed about the engine in particular is it's al- it's really got really bad. I typically don't notice things like this. And I don't really care, but I just noticed in this particular instance, there's a lot of aliasing in that game, like a lot of really pixelated hard edges, and the game's really oversaturated, and there's no like subtlety between textures on things. Like the great work in the in that ship you're in, the great you're running on is like like a multi-layered rust texture, and then like the the cocoon thing you're in is like this multi-layered Photoshop texture file that's just so rich with detail, and mm. everything in that game is like that. Mm. Well, did you notice? I, I I noticed that too. I also noticed that when you're on the wing of the fortress, the flying fortress, where it de-draws things for a second. And no. like pops back in. No, what's that? Oh, I just noticed that, that the shot where the the ship like pitches to its side, and it zooms way out, and sure, then yeah. it, it zooms back in on the wing. There's a moment where like the textures totally drop out, uh, and then like redraw in. No, I was gonna like, say that effect. there's a weird, there's a weird detail in that game when you're on the wing of the plane. There's um, air condensing into water droplets on the ground. Oh, weird. And then they fly off and disappear but it's only on the wing that's it's only on the part of the wing that's closer to the body like where it actually occurs mm-hmm. in real avi- I didn't aviation. even notice that yeah it's really weird I was like why would they include this really small <laughs> it's, and it's it looks it's it's actually a really accomplished um, effect yeah like it looks really good uh, so good that you have to wonder like whose baby that was Right, right, right. Just this man who was like locked in the building overnight. He was like, you know what? Let's just put water on the wings. (laughs) My dad was a pilot. He said said this happens. But uh, the 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 thing is, I thought the game was really cool graphically. Like, I really like the aesthetic of it. I really like everything but the rendering. Um, I don't really mind the aspects of the game, the aspects of the graphics that everyone else is. Bitching about, I guess. Like, I don't really mind the stuttering animation in certain aspects, in certain respects. Oh, like the auto canned animation. Yeah, thing? it doesn't really bother me either. I guess because the game to me feels like it's really obviously a mix between um, a character action game mm-hmm. and the 2008's Prince of Persia. Right. You know, like they right. took like if someone really liked that game. Yeah. And was like, let's just work this into this. 
And then uh, I like the way he navigates the and Uncharted. And obviously. what people don't seem to like want to acknowledge is that even though they do that weird, like it's sort of like that snap to thing. Yeah. Where like they'll just sort of slide into place where they're supposed to be, like a, a you know small little slide. But like the animations look really good. Yeah. Like when he is, there's one particular segment where uh, Monkey is. Like, it's after she shuts the door on you and you have to, like, chase her around. Right. And you go out and around, and then you have to drop down and then, like, cross over the underside of the ship and go back up. Right. That whole sequence, you can kind of, uh, you can, what's the word I want there? Like, prematurely hit the next command, and as soon as he hits that point, he'll do it. Yeah, I noticed that, too. So, like, you can just sort of, like, thing. hit AA to jump and then B to drop. And, this, and he'll do but, all but he'll be mid Right, and he'll just, like, go right through that. I noticed that, too. In the exact same spot, I noticed And I thought that. it was really cool because the way he, like, flips and turns, like, if he doesn't stop, it looks really good. It looks good. way better, right? Yeah. yeah, I noticed the same thing. I wonder why we both noticed it at the same point. I think because it's really telegraphed. You're like, I can obviously see where I have to go in the next five so, seconds yeah. of this game. There were, like, three poles. Yeah. Like, laid out right in front of you. Yeah, I noticed the same thing. I didn't notice that it was... Um, I didn't notice that you could input those commands so far ahead of time like you did. I, don't I, just, know how I just noticed that there was some leeway in how soon you could hit the next one. Right. And the sooner that you did, the smoother the animation. Looked. Right. So, I mean, like, that was really cool. And it's really weird because it's I have a hard time understanding why I'm putting up with this game. Because the combat isn't really that in-depth, or it doesn't seem like it's going to be that in-depth. Uh, and the character control leaves a lot to be desired. Like, it's not very precise. So you know that the actual combat aspect of the game, c when compared to a game like Bayonetta, which is one of my favorite games ever, mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot to be desired. And, you know, I should have a problem with that. But I don't know. For some reason, I really don't. This game, like, goes against every <laughs> assumption about myself that I have when it comes to games. Like, everything about it I really shouldn't like. I think the reason that I'm letting it pass on all these aspects that other games, that I never let other games go on, is that uh, it's so conceptually different right? that it's just interesting to see something that's novel out there instead of another, I don't know, Gears of War, obviously. I think what'll be really Modern key Warfare is how too. abstract they leave the story. Like, I'm sure there'll be like, a pretty concrete story between the characters involved, but like, what's going on in the world outside? Right, of that? I mean, like, yeah, that's like the majority how of my long, interest. How long after the, how long after is this game taking place? Who are these robots and things like that? Right, they kind of leave it gray. I'll be fine. They focus more on just the the fact that they're trying to get to a destination. Yeah, me too. I agree. and the fact that like some of the, like you and I really get off on basically zones and like concept and conceptual spaces and like in the teaser trailer that the, the demo ends with when he's riding his bike across that desert highway. Yeah. Like, I, I want to be there. I want to see what that place is and yeah. look, look around and see what it looks like and everything. And I really want to ride that stupid surfboard across the ruined ocean. Right. Outside of New York. Right. Under the collapsed bridge. Right. Yeah, that just seems really interesting to me. And his character is pretty good. Like I said, for some reason, he if this it's were a movie, it, it seems like another. it would be Bruce Willis for some reason. Yeah, he just or has that, like, Indiana Jones. Yeah, he just has that, like... He can't believe anything. Like, everything to him is just like, what? What now? What next? And yeah. he's just so tired and angry, and he has a right. New York accent for no reason. And normally <laughs> right. normally that would piss me off, but for some reason it doesn't because it works. We both played King of Fighters, Sky Stage. That was a game. I liked it all right. 
had a weird dry quality to I'll it. I'll buy it someday. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I guarantee that. I know that I will. Because I was really close to buying it as it was. <laughs> it's just that I chose to spend my money on the superior game. Yeah. Which is Infinity Gene. As far as I can tell, there's only 9,000 people playing Infinity Gene. That's actually really surprising. You thought more would be or less? 9,000 does not seem like very many people. No, not at all. Compared to the, to the available audience of 360 owners. Well, I think that's got a lot to do with the fact that the demo of this game doesn't really speak well for the game at all. Uh, it doesn't do a good job at all of conveying what the game is actually like or how much depth the game is going to have. Which I thought was surprising when you told me because I, I liked the fact that they did like an accelerated evolution. So you could see... Yeah, like I, if I, I done understand the first what they were going for, but it didn't work. I don't think it worked. I don't think that people... I don't think that people other than you who understand what this game is right. will have any notion as to what was going on. Right. Like there's no one right. will grasp that that was an accelerated evolution. Right. And then on top of that, uh, speaking of the shittiness of the demo, you know, they they show two or three weapons in the demo, right? But you can only access one. They show them all. No. I'm no, the only two they, they don't only show is uh. When I was looking at your screen there, there's there's like two or three they don't show. They don't show options. They don't show any of those, man. I'm I'm almost positive that the demo only shows three weapons. It shows like your main. Uh, I may it might be the first three that you get, but the reason because the reason it bothered me was because if it's going to show you those and lock them out, right? It makes you assume that those are all the weapons in the game. Like, why not just show oh, you a right, full true. screen of all the weapons that you could possibly get and show right. them all locked out? That yeah. way someone who's looking at the demo can be like, wow, someday I may get all these weapons. Right. At least there's that much depth to this game. But, uh... Infinity Gene's a really great game. I probably played... I probably put in, like, 15 hours into this relatively small XBLA game. But there's so much content to it, it's kind of crazy for 800 space bucks. Right. Um, it, uh, when I saw it on iPhone and I saw these reviews of it, and I never really liked it because I couldn't quite understand the aesthetic they were going for. I just thought it was a really cheap aesthetic. Right. Like, I thought it was someone's attempt at being original that was quite obviously a failure. Like, there was nothing interesting about the aesthetic to me. Right. It took me, like, a playthrough of the entire game to understand where they were coming from or what they were shooting for. And now I love it a lot. It's like NORAD, <laughs> the shmup. And it took me a while to realize that, but it really is. The explosions are just flowering circles. Right. Um, everything's line out like Missile Command. It basically looks like Crystal Castle in Colorado. War game style. Yeah. That's um, really funny. There are really some interesting aspects to the game, though. Like, a lot of the weapons are sort of homages themselves, or homages themselves to other shooters, other shmups. Mm -hmm. And as you evolve through the game, well, I wish I could remember that name, that game. I think it's called. Genetos? Genetos? Mm. It's that shmup that's like an indie game that lets you go through basically the history of shmups. Oh, so you geez. start with a game like Space Invaders yeah, and eventually you're a game remember. like you know, 
it adds different concepts onto the game. Mm. So you go through like the buzzing era of like Siberia, and then you go through the polarity. Right. Or you eventually will. I don't think they got that far. But anyway, this game evolves in the same way. Um, some of the, uh, actually, a lot of the bosses that you fight are pretty like direct homage of enemies and different shmups. Like there's one in particular that looks pretty identical to, and, and it almost behaves identically to a boss from Radiant Silvergun, a mini boss from Radiant Silvergun. Uh, there's a lot of stuff like that going on in the game. So if you're really into shmups, you're constantly being um, given these little bonuses um, as you recognize these things. It's uh, There's just a lot of reasons to play the game. The achievement structure is pretty interesting and pretty fair. And the amount of unlockable content... I don't know if you know the way the game works, but from... I don't really, but from what I gathered, there is sort of an XP meter that is basically based on score. So, and it's it's progressive and it goes through all your playthroughs, but um, as you get higher scores in the levels, you're constantly contributing to this gene meter mm -hmm. at the bottom of the screen that you see in between levels. And every time you fill it up all the way, you unlock a new aspect of the game. Right. Um, so you either unlock different tracks, like it has the whole soundtrack available for play, um, or different variations on levels, or different bonus stages, or entirely different game modes. So probably for your first two playthroughs of the game, you're unlocking, you're constantly unlocking new features. Right. So I mean, it's got that going for it. I don't know. It's really interesting. I I'm really interested to to know what you think of the game, just watching me play it. Um. Well, I didn't know a lot. I knew it was the iPhone game, but I, get, I never really paid attention to it because all the screens I ever saw of the game looked like a different game every time I looked at it. And, like, to the point, like, in a way that I couldn't, like, I couldn't grasp of, like, what does that game look like? Right, that's like, what I was trying to describe, too. I could that, never understand Like, was that screenshot taken at, like, a really opportune moment when something was happening? Or, like, is it always like that? Or does it, does it change? Are you making that choice or whatever? And then, uh... I watched some video of it, and then, like, it does all these, like, weird changes in, like, perspective of, like, what you assumed was, like, a 2D line art thing, and actually it's all being rendered in three dimensions. You're just looking at it from the top down. Right. And not even looking at it from the top down sometimes. Sometimes it does the... No, three, four, It, like, goes, like, behind you, and you're moving in and out of space. Um, Which are some of the only awkward moments in the game, I have to say. Yeah, the, de the moment in the demo is kind of awkward. Like you you said in like two podcasts ago, like we're when it comes to games, we're pretty much like style whores. If a game looks really good and it plays like shit, we'll probably still give it a chance. Mm -hmm. If it looks really good and plays really good, well, that's just like bonus. Yeah, those are the best uh, games. Uh, this game is like one of the more stylish games I've seen in a long time. No, what's really and interesting about this game, man, I'm, I'm telling you, it's it. You can <laughs> you can only tell as you play through it, um, and that's why I'm trying to play through it kind of quickly as we record this so you can see some of the weird shit that goes on but there are moments in the game like there's a moment that you're fighting a boss and I'll try and explain this as best as I can for people whoever is listening to this um, there's a point where you're fighting the boss fighting a boss and he shoots a salvo of missiles up and off the screen mm -hmm. 
And then a minute later, <clears throat> the missiles come down towards the foreground and create these columns of damage that you have to avoid. Okay. And it basically prison bars the picture on the television with black prison bars. Oh, weird. And the background goes white. Yeah. And for the moment that it's all black and white and alternating like that, for that moment, it's almost like a design. Right. But gameplay is going on in the background of this right. design. Uh, there's another moment where a boss splits into equidistant satellites of himself. Mm-hmm. And when you blow up the main boss, all the satellites blow up in succession in these small circles that stay on the screen. Um, and the final frame, I mean, the end result of that is a few seconds of a screen that is black and white polka dotted with, like, nothing else on the screen. Oh, weird. So it's like... It's almost achieving these really weird visual moments mm -hmm. that you totally don't expect. Right. So a majority of the time that I was playing the game, uh, what was really driving me was I was interested in seeing what they would do next with the next visual moment. You know, what they would render next in this engine. Aesthetically. Uh, what it kind of reminds me, and it doesn't remind... What it makes me think of from my experience with these types of things is it's like... It looks like a... It looks like an art installation of something that you would just sort of passively observe. Yeah. Like someone animated this out in something. Like some motion graphics artist just did this. But it's actually a game. Sure. And you're controlling, like you're saying, you're hitting these moments where if you just took a screenshot of that and like put it on a poster, you could probably sell it to a bunch oh, of people yeah. as like art. Oh, Like definitely. weird looking computer art. And speaking of music, there's the music mode, which I which actually I don't even know anything about. And no one besides, since you've told me about it, yeah. and since I've read more about the game, no one's mentioned it other than, oh, it has a music mode. And depending what you feed into it, depends on like, you know... Like you're saying, no one can really. No, I guess no one's really figured out the yeah what it's doing to generate the levels. I, I'm guessing based on all the other games that have music generators, um, mm -hmm. a lot of it has to do with the BPM, and that's right. really it. Because I can't really, although I don't know a lot about audio and audio engineering, I don't really know what else it could measure mm -hmm. really easily other than BPM. But um, there's tons actually out there right now. There's already a lot of people who have dedicated, you know, YouTube videos to just specific tracks of artists that they thought would go well with the game. Right. Um, and the videos are basically just the however many minute long playthrough right. of the game's rendering of that song. Is. Well, it's it's like what Audio Surf does, but yeah. it's even more of a game. Yeah. Not, I mean, Audio Surf is a game, sure. but you're sort of just riding the game. Yeah. just like moving out of the way this is like actually there's more of an engagement there there's so many ships and, and, and things that the game there's so many variables in this game right. being generated that it's automatically more interesting than audio surf no I agree you know but I'm just surprised that no one like remarks <laughs> I'm just surprised that nobody outside of like uh, the 9,000 people playing this game or I guess I, I don't know what, how to phrase that properly but it's like if you wrote down this sentence on paper, it's like, a shooter that generates the levels based on the music you put into it. Oh. 
Right. Oh, like okay. Would probably someone finally got around to doing that. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, like this. Guy. I should probably play it. Pretty interesting. It's just really surprising to me. Yeah. See, that looks totally. That doesn't look like anything I've seen thus far. This like Rubik's cube of a boss. It's very bizarre. Who's now? Octahedron. <laughs> more or less. There's always octahedrons. More or less. <laughs> just constantly there. Slightly more detail. I am not very good at the game. Yeah, oh, game weird. over. Excellent. What's interesting is in the challenge mode, where there's like, right? mm -hmm. the backgrounds are infinitely more interesting. Like, they just keep getting more interesting as you go. They're different than these? Yeah. It's like, that's obviously where someone had time and right. room to play around. Probably that's, just th even that's just like another expenditure office. of effort that... I didn't expect someone to construct 99 right. levels. Right. Regardless of how ha how haphazardly they're like put together. 99 of them. You know, it's just the number. Playing through them was chorish enough. Right, all these names. All these like bizarre words. The boss's names are really funny too. The moon. <laughs> the sun. Formidable opponent has appeared. The moon. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. Oh man. Yeah, I I would agree. Moon's probably pretty rough, man. No, there's a progression though, as you go through this right. game of um. Of the enemies, because they start off really basic. I, you know, you don't really know what those space invaders are, but they look like really simple life forms. Unexpected. Um, and as the game goes on, you know, towards the end, you're fighting giant squids and uh, weird insects. But they always stay kind of similar, like of the same genus of the space invaders. You know, they're always like... More evolved squids or more evolved insects.
last podcast, we actually recorded a segment about the announced uh, EDF sequel, but at the time, there wasn't any information on it other than the name and the fact that it was supposedly a game. Uh, that was cut because since then, quite a bit has been revealed about the fate of that game and its state. And we're here to talk about that because <laughs> nobody else will... And nobody else will intelligently. Nobody else cares. And like we vicious do. cycle is making that game. <laughs> yep. For anybody who doesn't know, vicious <laughs> cycle is the <clears throat> developers behind the two uh, Matt Hazard games. I don't know what else they've done, if anything. I didn't. That's really all you need to say about that developer. Uh, the Matt Hazard XBLA, and then the, the Matt Hazard. Eat lead full retail game. Uh, they've been given Earth Defense Force Insect Armageddon to develop. To and ruin. With, and they've then, been given it <clears throat> to ruin. And with it, they released uh, a teaser trailer and two screenshots of the game and Ray is not happy about that. <laughs> I'm less than thrilled and for the most part it seems like a lot of people are actually kind of uh, not that <clears throat> Not that happy about it. I think that, I'm way more upset than you for whatever reason. Yeah. That San, uh, the, uh, the the reason we're upset is being that Sandlot, the original developer of the series up until this point, is apparently having has nothing to do with it. You can't give away. <clears throat> you can't take away from a developer um, a franchise as particular. Yeah. Or specific as Earth Defense Force. Mm. You know? You just can't do it. And um, it's ridiculous that they're giving this game to a Western developer. There's not one... I don't think there's an aspect of this game that is Western. No. That any Westerner could sort of empathize with or find familiar and build upon there's nothing that a western developer is going to add to this in other words because everything that made EDF EDF was pretty specific to Japanese culture yeah I mean if you're talking about the Earth Defense Force themselves they were based on um, sort of the you know 50s through 80s Earth Defense Force forces that would fight in all the Toho movies and all the different giant monsters destroying Tokyo movies. Um, they have a real basic Space Ranger average city police look to them that is endearing because it's so ridiculous. I mean, it's so <clears throat> archaic looking and speaks so much to, you know, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And in these screenshots that were released to the game, totally thrown away. <laughs> totally dismissed and they've turned the main characters the earth defense force into fucking space marines with shitty looking textured armor that looks like garbage and they've taken the ants which were I'm sorry not just the ants but the insects which were pretty much just large versions of insects Mm -hmm. and they've mutated them and turned them into alien ants and alien spiders and alien this and alien that and they've altered the way that they look they've altered the way the game looks Period. It looks dingier, more like shit, more like 
America. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's, uh... I don't know. They're not... From what they released so far, they're not trying to win over the original audience. They're very obviously trying to make the game appeal more towards the average Joe on the street. In America, that is. This reeks of a... This is very much like, to take an, uh, to a parallel example right now, there's a, a movie coming out called um, Let Me In, which is an American remake of a Swedish horror yeah. film called Let the Right One In. And it's it reeks of the whole, like... <clears throat> uh, Being sold a a, pro, a thing, being sold a piece of entertainment, on the on the basis of this was really interesting and came from another country, so you should like it because it's based on something that I'm telling you is interesting, and there's this like uh, wink wink nudge nudge like don't you want to be part of that underground like cult yeah. crowd and like this thing, this cult thing, you know this is where you jump in at you jump in with Insect Armageddon. Right. Like, I, I, it's kind of hard to explain without saying, like, an elitist piece of shit, but that's, like, what it reeks... That's what it seems like to me. It's like, yeah. that crazy game, that crazy Japanese game with the big bugs that you thought was so goofy-looking and never played? Yeah. We'll play it now because it looks like Gears. Right. It's more suited to your Western, quote... Western tastes. I don't understand why you would try and win over an audience. Like, I, I guess I just don't understand who in the industry doesn't understand that a game like Earth Defense Force was popular in the circles that it was popular in only because of its flaws mm -hmm. and because of its uh, its very specific EDF formula. Like, right. there's a very... I mean, that's the reason why so many people across the internet right now are freaking out. People who really like the game, who've played it to death, yeah. are freaking out because they know that, you know, Earth Defense Force was a fucking piece of shit that was barely held together by all these bizarre different aspects mm -hmm. that by themselves would be considered shitty, but in some fucking fantastic symphony of garbage came together as this really brilliant, fun exercise in really basic strategy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the people who really play the game recognize this, and that's why they're all, us included, uh, so speaking out so vehemently against this developer, because it's it's obvious to me, like, I, ha I really have no hope for this game whatsoever. I, I do not think that Vicious Cycle is a talented development house. Look what they've made so far. It's garbage. Sorry. I really yeah. tried to like all their games, but they're so shitty uh, mechanically that I just couldn't. And I mean, the argument is that, oh, Earth Defense Force was a very mechanically shitty game anyway, so as long as they keep the vibe, this will be good. Well, A, they threw the vibe out, and B, Earth Defense Force had a very particular mechanic. It's not... I'm not going to argue whether or not it was shitty or good. It's that it was very particular. I see, I wouldn't say Earth Defense Force has a shitty mechanic at all. They're just... Particular or... Simplistic? Yeah, it's very simplistic. I guess. Like, there's a... There's very... There's a... There's a, a set of variables in that game that are pretty small. But... The... The range and values that those variables can be is great. 
for instance, one variable is the weapons you use. <clears throat> but there are 170 weapons in the game. So yeah. like, that's one variable. Another variable is the level. And there's 53 levels, and there's five difficulties of each level. So there's 200 and whatever, the 65 right. different common. There's all these, like, there's all this range for variation, but there's only a few things that change. But within that, like you said, is this happy accident of all these things that come together and work either because they work together or because they are weirdly opposite of one another. Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a game, like, at least 2017 is a game set in the future, but everything <laughs> looks like it came out of a movie that's 40 years old. Right. Which is a weird uh, anachronistic thing. But it works, because in that game. Yeah. But in Insect Armageddon, it looks like they're trying to codify everything to, to quote, make sense within the universe of that game. Right. Like, it looks dark and dingy, because we're in a place called New Detroit, and sure. Detroit's a pit. So, so accordingly, all of the... Uh, enemies look darker and more angular and angry and everything looks like it's just pulsing with grit and grime and just anger and everything. At least in the trailer, there's that one walker. You know, yeah. it's not that it's not that super clean silver future. It's right. like angry and war-torn. I mean, my memories of EDF <clears throat> were um, I mean, if I had to sum them up in a couple adjectives, I would say they were sunny, mm -hmm. they were bright, mm -hmm. They were janky. Right. They were uh, boyish. Yeah. They were toyish. They were, you know, broken. Yeah. They were just all these things that they've so obviously abandoned already. Yeah. That it's alarming. There's there's no hope for this for the game. I mean, and the worst part about it is that I don't think that the game will ever go back to Sandline after this. Do you? No, that's the other. That's the thing is that the game comes out and it's it's just as shitty on a scale of one to ten for reviewers as right. supposedly 2017 was or any of the previous. I mean, it it bears mentioning that the game started in a, in as in a project that was literally called Simple Series. Simple. Right. So, uh, you know, if, if it if it doesn't perform, especially if it doesn't perform well, because because who has this now? Namco, is Namco right? Who's going to be publishing? Namco it? owns Sandlot, but I don't think I think D three is going to publish EDF. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is D three. But so if it fails for D three, which they might be used to, like I don't know what their situ I don't know what D three situation is. But if the game fails, and it's like, well, we can't make another one. It's not going to sell. Then it will. Then it's like it's never coming back ever. Let alone going back to Sandlot. Not only that, but what are they going to charge for this game? And if it does well enough to break even, then it's really never going back to Sandlot. Right. It's doomed. Because I don't know the what fucking series is I doomed. Don't know, Who hands this know. series off? <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've seen in this industry in the past ten years. This is the saddest goddamn thing in my life. Earth Defense Force was the best game I played in the pe this generation. Period. Yeah. Period. It was the, my favorite game from this generation so far, without, yeah, without a comparison, without yeah. any comparison, and I don't know. I was just—it it was such a bomb drop down my life when I found this out. I remember looking at those screenshots and just—they looked so bad that I was like, "This is a dream. <laughs> this is very clearly a dream," because only my subconscious. 
could know so little about the specifics of game design to manifest such shitty screenshots and such a poor trailer. Yeah. You know, it's something that would be in the background of Home Improvement, or just you know, yeah, when kids are playing the video games in the yeah. background of some sitcom on ABC. It was so pathetic, man. It's so pathetic. All personality just left the game, like left the series. Which is ironic because they probably think that they're putting more in. I I don't understand. You know? Seriously, if if I hope that this developer's building explodes. <laughs> and they have n- no choice. <laughs> no choice but, but to relinquish the title back to Sandlot. In happier news, or in happier turn, well, I I don't know, I I don't know, I don't know how you quite, if you're any less of a fan, but um, not necessarily related to TGS, but obviously when eyes are on the internet, uh, a lot of eyes are on the internet, big things happen or things that will get attention are released. And uh, uh, Irrational put out a, a ten-minute gameplay approximation of Bioshock Infinite. And people watched it, and what do the you buzz think? of the internet. Everyone's yeah. talking about the next big game. Yeah. What do you think about it? <laughs> no, you did actually did make a you did make comments to me, and it was comments that other people uh, echoed. Was if the game's that scripted, I don't want to play it. Yeah. Well, that, I don't know. That seemed. I I I was saying it felt it felt like the Killzone trailer. I don't know. Just I like mean, a target thing. Uh, when you were playing Bioshock 1 and, you know, you were dealing with actual human characters that weren't splicers, like Andrew Ryan, mm-hmm. like when you first met Andrew Ryan in person, right? and you saw the way they chose to render humans in that game, right? did you think that it was a choice based on their technological limica- limitations and sort of a conceit, like, oh, you know what, this is the best we can do with this engine, so we're going to render humans a little cartoony? Um, No. You thought it was a stylistic choice? I thought, well, I thought maybe it was maybe one, a little of column A, a little of column B. Side note, that game is running on Unreal Engine 2. Do you know that? 2? 1 or this one? Bioshock 1 was running on yeah, Unreal I knew Engine that. 2. I thought you meant this new one. No, 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 no. I was like, really? What are no, they the doing? No, the first Bioshock was a modified Unreal Engine yeah. 2, which is fucking mind-boggling. So maybe knowing that, it might be a little bit, but I thought that they were trying to um, kind of do a Team Fortress kind of thing. And emulate the look of 
like 40s uh, uh, advertising like the sort of elongated features and like the really weird sort of angular chin and everything because mm-hmm. like Andrew Andrew Ryan was like this really lanky kind of like stretched man yeah yeah, yeah I agree that's kind of what I figured but what about these characters that they've shown from Bioshock I don't know Infinite. how I feel about it. I, I don't like I'm them leaning at all. toward I don't like it. They look like I mean I mean I can't tell from the mob because the mob was kind of kept sure. mob looking and kind of but you saw the one guy the I don't know the guy the guy was giving the speech to nobody. And uh, he looked kind of like an illustration. But then the girl looks like a cartoon. She looks like a Pixar. Yeah. Like she's really over animated. Yeah. I mean, to the point where, you know, she... She doesn't look like she quite belongs in the game. Ex- no, I agree with that. Like, she'll extend her arm to point in that direction. And her arm will move and bend like a noodle. Like, jointless. Yeah, 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 yeah. As it points. Sort yeah. of like, you know, like a... Uh, I don't know. It's hard like, to like a cartoon. Words, like uh, yeah. a Ren and Stimpy. Like a quick Lucy. Like, he would yeah. just noodle its way that direction and then yeah. noodle its way back. That, uh is weird to me. I don't know that I would necessarily want and them to attempt like really realistic humans, but the move towards the more Pixar looking um, style is kind of it's it feels like there's a real disconnect between the things that they're dealing with mm-hmm. and the thing and the way the characters look in that um, this is kind of hard to explain, but when I never really felt like they were in any danger because I automatically assumed they would get out of it because it felt like I was watching a children's movie. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, that's a weird path for my brain to take of logic. Yeah. But it was true. Yeah. Like when the giant bird thing perched on top of the mountain or perched on top of the building. Yeah. Or when the smaller robot was fighting them on the bridge. Right. I never felt any sort of tension because it all seemed like this is going to end happily because they look so cartoony. Sure. You know, it's like yeah, if you no, saw I, like yeah. the Muppets stumble into a Vietnamese battle or Vietnam right. battlefield, right. you'd be like, well, they're probably going to walk off safely because they're the Muppets. Right. You know? Um, so that's weird. I, I don't really feel there's no tension, there's no danger, there's no suspense, there's no anything for me in that game because it looks like I'm watching Sesame Street or something. Yeah. So that's a really big problem I have with her the game. Pa- it's her, her in particular. particular because the guy, uh, which may be telling because the, weird thing the rest no one's like, trailer is that it looks like Assassin's Creed. Like there's the moment where after the bell falls, and he's rounding the corner, the banner like shimmers. It does like this weird like, and there's like this shimmer that goes across it, like it was like just rendered in, and then when the guy. When you when you pick up the gun and that guy turns to you and his eyes start glowing, okay, no one's talking about that either. But I guess it's, you could just write it off as like the magic thing. The uh, his whole body <laughs> and the pin on his jacket uh-huh. shimmers like Matrix glitch, uh-huh. and like it flashes and changes to something else. And no one like mentioned that at all. No one has even talked about that. And I don't know if I'm just taking it too far or if there's like some weird thing behind that game. So what do you think the deal is with the game behind the scenes? Like, what do you think the story is? Like, like, what does that mean? Yeah. In the context of what I've seen? Well, I mean, what's the the big secret of the game? It's all uh, robots. It's all, like, autom- like automatons. Everything is, like, automated. 
and it's like a giant, weird, like some man's sick playground. So are you a robot? Is that going to be the, the great conceit? The replicant? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it has that feel. Like, and I looked at it, and I'm like, is this whole thing just, like, fucking weird and engineered? And there's another moment in the bar. Well, I mean, well, okay. I, too, feel like it's all engineered. Right. I feel like it's it's logical to assume that because so much of the plot, or the things they focused on so far, were about the World's Fair, mm-hmm. it seems like this entire city should or could have been an exhibit. Right. Like, this is how things will look. Yeah. You know, filled with animatronics to, sure. you know, give the uh, look of a real city that's, like, living and bustling. But, right. uh, you know, what happened, how it got loose, whatever, how you explain that, I'm not sure. Do you think that, like, it was, the whole thing was built and it, someone flew it away? Like, stole it? Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. I could see it going in a couple different weird directions. I don't know how you explain I don't, I don't the magic. I don't know how many things are going to borrow from the first game. Because the, the whole twist in the first game is that you were programmed to do the things that you're doing. Yeah. And like you know, like a Manchurian candidate kind of thing. Right. Uh, I, like in this game, like in Infinite, it's such, so far off. But if I'm, like, if I'm thinking about it, it could be like... Are you a robot or whatever? Is the whole th- like is the whole thing just engineered for some weird reason? And like, is there a point where you get down to the ground and it's not 1911, it's like 2080? Right. You know. Right. Or something weird. Yeah, I could see that especially. Yeah. Like the just the whole like change of like your perception is that it's this, and whereas the reality of the world is that like. A lot of the village. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, but there's another weird little thing in the trailer that Interesting. no one no one noticed either, and I don't know if it's just sort of a weird whimsical like this is how this crazy place works. But there's a um, when you go into the bar and everyone's just sort of like uh, hanging out and talking, you the camera looks left toward the bar and then looks right toward like a seating area, and as it goes left or as it goes right to the bar and then starts going back toward the other way, the picture above the fireplace changes. Hmm. Like, you see it start changing, and it goes from, like, a man's face to, like, a scene. Or vice versa. Hmm. But it does, like, this weird change. And I don't think anybody picked up on that either. Hmm. So there's all these weird little clues that, like, what is around you is being manipulated by something outside of Hmm. your control. And I don't know if that's supposed to be the guy who's piloting the giant bird machine, or if that bird machine is just another, like part of the Disney ride that the whole game is. Interesting. And that's what it felt like to me was like a Disney ride. Just like a, like sure, a theme yeah. park ride. I agree with that. Like, like like you're saying you're never in danger because the the bad guy that pops up is just like a piece of wood painted and it's right, like right, right. <laughs> and right. then you, just, you go on to the ride. Right. So I don't know. Hmm. I like the way the game looks though still. I like the color palette and everything that they're using. And The only thing that worries me is that when we originally talked about it we were really into the whole the fact that it was picking up on a lot of these like weird turn of the century sort of behind the scenes things about like the way the country is actually run yeah. and things that have happened and like conspiracy theory type stuff and in the 10 minutes I didn't see anything that really reinforced that at all very very little right no I, I agree the thing that was interesting is there seems to be a pretty big focus on um, a population alienating itself from the rest of the world like it feels to me like that's like originally you know Bioshock was sort of an attack on objectivism sure this 
I mean, not an attack. It was a reflection or a whatever. On objectivism. Its main focus was objectivism. And this game seems to be sort of a uh, an observation, a reflection of the way that uh, maybe America is sort of headed in terms of illegal immigration and stuff like that. It seems to me like not a direct yeah, it was again, kind of take on that, but the, sort of uh, a... The way that looks like... I kind of hope it's in the game because no game's ever really tackled it, and it's not that I'm, I'm not so, I'm not like one of these cheerleaders that's like, we need more diversity in games, and games that tackle real world issues. I just we want, don't. I want, which it's they don't, but need. I want this game. This game seems like it might tackle racism, in a way that everyone will shut the fuck up about it after this game comes out, and I'll be happy because then no one will talk about it anymore. Let's hope so. That'd be great. <laughs> time on this podcast where we talk about games and I edit it down to a rapid fire situation. Uh, hey, TGS happened. Boom, so let's talk about it. Number one, Radiant Silver Gun. Explosion. What the fuck? Octahedron. That's it. Yeah. XBLA. Amazing. That's happening. New uh, modes? New graphics? Yeah. and then Kill yourself. Yeah, new Ikaruga style shooting mode. Great. Which, according to uh, the president of Treasure, it makes it feel like an entirely new game. Fantastic. All right. I'm there. That sounds great. Sign me up. Uh, Pixel Junk showed off their newest thing, Lifelike. Visualizer. Which Couldn't care less. Like hey, smoke oh. a lot of weed, play the Visualizer. Probably more interesting. Probably. Steel Battalion was announced for Connect. <laughs> That's going to happen. I don't know what else to say about that other than... How do you I, think it's going to control? Hmm. I bet you it controls like a little kid stomping around like Godzilla. Oh, boy. No. Think about it for a minute. You're probably right, but I mean... I'm I, totally right. What if they try and replicate the controller but with Kinect? No one's that technically proficient with Kinect yet. If that's possible, it won't be for four years. At least. There's that's That's really precise. Are you talking about looking at a cockpit in the... Like, are you talking about... Like a Steel Battalion's gameplay screen, right, was actually only about thirty-three right. percent, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. The rest of the screen was the cockpit, right. So are you talking about like a shadowy hand on the so game? So what screen? I'm envisioning in my head when you say when you is like either uh, you have like your viewport into the world, and then on like the, maybe the lower third of the screen is the control layout that's rendered as though it's inside the mech. And then as you gesture, there's a cursor on screen that follows your hands, and it will track both of your hands, so that you can like push buttons and like accelerate and decelerate. I don't think that's gonna. But happen. not not 125 buttons. Maybe there's like 10 to 15 things you have to push. For various, I think whatever. that is 
A hundred percent more interesting. Right, but not what. But a thousand percent more on like Project Draco. Also a connect thing. I think that's really interesting. That dragoon guy, and the artwork looks like uh, Panzer Dragoon. The only thing that bothers me about these games is the amount of lag that I've been noticing on all of these. Uh, yeah, and there was I got it to lag when I played, uh, which I never talked about. But when I played it at uh, the Microsoft Store, I I got ahead of the game. But I but I was deliberately doing it to see what it would do. And all I was doing was in the bowling game, I was uh, leaning left to right. And I got it to the point where I was leaning. The, the avatar on screen was like a move behind me. So I would lean right and then left. And they would lean right and left. So it was like when I was left, they were right. Right. And then we were alternating. But I was doing it on purpose. And I was like really moving. Like really moving back and forth to do it. Sure. Um... So there is there is lag there, but what what a lot of people have said and no one is really championing this thing. Very few people are. So when someone says something remotely positive about Connect, I I'm like, well, maybe they're telling the truth because why would they lie about it? But I guess filming it kind of exacerbates the lag for some reason. There's a like if for some reason when you view, when you film someone playing Connect, the lag between their input and what's on screen supposedly it looks worse than what it actually is. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know enough about that. I could see that being true for some weird way that I understand but couldn't accurately like, accurately describe and, like, and justify. That and then there's also yeah, the argument of like right. uh, like people were saying there's a lot of lag. It looked like there was a lot of lag in the uh, stage demo of uh, Child of Eden. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. But then the other thing is that there's always the the argument of well it's on a presentation and like the cables and everything like that there's it, what he's playing on and seeing is actually so far from where he physically is that there's lag of the image coming to the screen and there's lag of his input going all the way to the system or however they had it set up or whatever yeah and there is there is lag on big monitors on like huge displays there's always a, a delay um and some people have argued that the culmination of all of those things, the lag on the display, the lag that when you film it, there's lag, the lag, the fact that there's lag there to begin with just compounds it and makes it look really bad. If that's the case, then the amount that it... But I bet you there will be instances where you will you get a game on Kinect and it's just terrible. Uh, I watched the, <laughs> I watched the, uh, the TGS shows on the Japanese Xbox Live, their yeah. Inside Xbox show. Uh-huh. I couldn't tell what they thought about Connect, but they didn't seem. They seem obviously they're paid to to be Xbox well, yeah, fanboys, yeah. but part of me like just watching them, like I don't think they really think this is interesting. They definitely didn't think Fallout was interesting at all. The girl, <laughs> the girl just did not understand the game, and <laughs> the guy seemed in, into it, but he seems like he's us over there, just really nerdy into the games. Yeah. Uh, so he might actually be into those games. Just in the games in general, but the girl just was not like. What a terrible game to give having them! Having it. it, the whole. Um, well, they did it in like five installments. And they did like everything. No, what I mean, the whole. <laughs> Why even show that game in Japan? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's really weird to me that the attack that they're having on the Japanese role-playing game base, you know. Oh, like, that advert that that campaign. advertisement mm -hmm. that that shows all the disenfranchised Japanese youth right. dressed like kids at the Gap in America, right. first of all, um, holding up signs that are all complaining about traditional Japanese RPG tropes. Mm -hmm. Like, why do I have to grind so many levels just to beat the boss? And that's somehow supposed to 
like show them the air of their ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, man, they're a proud to a fault country. Attacking them like that is not going <laughs> to win them over. No. And then giving them a game that's not necessarily the most. I don't know. I, this, the stuff that I've been reading recently that said that you know a lot of Japanese people have no idea what's coming out in the West and have no idea the graphical capabilities that we have or that we're, that our developers have right now, uh, to the point that remember that article that I showed you that said that they were displaying some game, some Western game, to some Japanese players, and the Japanese players thought that they were watching uh, a cutscene until they were handed the controller and said, "No, this is something you can play." Well, yeah, a group of people that are that disconnected from what's going on in America shouldn't be given Fallout. Do you remember what that to guy, show what America what? or West or the West is right. capable of? Show them Mass Effect Two, so that you know at least they're they're stunned. They covered that by too, the technical but they, like, competency. Kind of fast in their videos. Jesus, man, are you kidding me? How? Xenophobic do you have to be to not just look at Mass Effect 2 yeah. and be blown they away? They spent way more time on Fallout than they did on Mass Effect 2. But I think it's because the guy literally played it for like 40 minutes. Because they kept like doing that like wipe of like 10 minutes, 5 minutes. And like every think, time it would change, he was like in a radically different place in the demo. I mean, I understand that Fallout is a lot more, is a lot deeper. Like there's a lot more right. No, I understand. What, I understand shit what to mine from that game. I'm not saying that but. it's a superior game, but yeah, like they they covered Mass Effect too. Like they looked, I they showed it and they talked about it for a little bit. But I would I kill know, to Beeson, understand. What the fuck they, right, I have no idea. Jesus, I, I wish would they kill. would subtitle it. I but it was kill. still. I watched the whole thing. Didn't understand a single, barely any word of it, except for the English that they broke into. Um... But like, I should show it. You should watch it, or I should show it to you here. But like, when they're playing that Gal Gun game, yeah, and they're, she, oh, they're she thrilled. is excited beyond belief <laughs> to play that game. <laughs> I know, I've seen that. And there's I'd some forget. other like, I, they were playing some. I don't know what it was, but it looked like an Idol Master game, yeah. or like of that. It's like the Lolita thing, yeah. but it wasn't Gal Gun. And she was just like jumping in place, and she's so happy. And then like, literally, he's playing Fallout, and she looks like a girlfriend he dragged to the show. She's just oh like boy. he says something about like he makes he obviously makes some comment about the combat and she's like oh <laughs> 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 so they're de- yeah I don't know why and like Reach they like looked at Reach from like ten feet away and he was just yeah. like Halo like, there it is there it is over there and it was like five demo stations and then five on the other side was was hey, it was like don't ten, get too close it was like 10 spots for it your eyes will go around yeah <laughs> <laughs> seriously how afraid There's, of us could they be yeah well what's the phrase that they have western game shit game yeah yeah uh, from software is putting out project dark which is basically demon souls 2 without the name and yes american game journalists you solved the mystery as to why it's not called demon souls because it's multi-platform, and Sony holds the rights to the name Demon Souls. Case closed. Please stop talking Every about it. Every fucking podcast has talked about that like they have solved the crime hey, guess of what? the century. Guess what? <laughs> Sony owns the IP. That's the so reason So I think it's they're not calling it Demon Project Souls. Because that's how they can get it on the other platforms. Oh my god. Yes, that is. Maybe then, maybe they'll get tons of questions like Ken Levine did, as to why the name is different. Whereas he, you know, people yeah. can't people can't understand why it's Bioshock, but different. 
Right. People can't understand why it's Demon Souls, but not called Demon Souls. Just they're not. The whole God. this this whole thing makes me wonder what Demon Souls Two is actually going to look like. You think they're going to do one? Oh. I I wouldn't say yeah normally, but Sony of Japan admitted that uh, or not Sony of Japan. I guess it was Sony of America admitted that they missed out on publishing yeah. it here. Yeah, they did say that. Uh, it's weird when a company they said that they actually passed they actually passed on it and regretted it. Right after the fact. It's weird when a company admits regret like that. Yeah. So that makes me think that they would maybe I don't know if they could get a good developer behind to do it again, but. Uh, Maybe not. But you know what's really weird? Uh, I would rather this game come out on the PS3 for some bizarre reason. Seems like it should be there. Yeah, I don't know why. I can't. I couldn't explain. It couldn't Probably justify. Probably because it's like there's it. I don't know. It's just a weird. There's like a weird thing. sort of sophistication, or I think it's just the sort of elitist nature. Like, I don't know how to phrase that. I want to say hardcore, but hardcore yeah. is really the 360 at this point, so... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to word that. Yeah, I, but I, I kind of understand why you would say that. There's a weird gameness to it, maybe. Yeah. That's more representative of it being Japanese. Yeah. And since it's so Japanese, it seems like it should be on the PS3. It's just sort of like... I can't think of anything... I, I, don't know, I can't think of an appropriate like analogy to describe why it should. It seems like it's, it's a game that should is meant to be on the on the PS3. I don't know why, because the P. I don't know. There's a weird like schema in my brain that what the PS3 is and like the games that are on it aren't games that are on the 360. I agree. That's why I like said it. Mountain Dew, surfing down a mountain, like surfing down like the side of a plane. Games. Yeah, maybe a good way to put it is that uh, it's not hardcore. It's um, original. I want to say elite, or but not elitist. Artistic. I want to say, here's here's the word that I want to <laughs> use. Although it doesn't really make sense because uh, the word that my brain is is fishing for. Well, I don't know the word my brain is fishing for, but well, my brain is trying to fish for this word. It's come up with the word auteur, right? To describe okay. what kind of person who would make that game. Yeah, like a video game, psychotic. A video gamer. Yeah. In that game. I really the don't even know how to explain it. The only thing I can think it. of is like, <laughs> it's just the best my brain can do. And this is really interesting to me, what we're trying to figure out here. If the Xbox 360 and the PS3 were, were two men, okay. the Xbox 360 would wear loafers without socks and drive a Ferrari. The PS3 would wear uh, a, a jacket and a tie and drive a Jaguar. Okay. That's all the only thing I can come up with. When you first started saying if they were men, my brain filled the rest in, and here's what it did. It didn't <laughs> it didn't do cars and clothes. It said if the PS three and the Xbox were men, the PS3's girlfriend would be dark, mysterious, and interesting. <laughs> yeah. And the Xbox's girlfriend would be some stupid cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that works too. Like that's kind of that how I, I did it. Yeah, that works too. <laughs>
so the the Suda 51 Mikami project was revealed as Shadows of the Damned. Game that is. I'm not really Resident jazzed. Evil 4. I, I wasn't really cool on it until you described until you pointed out that it looks like RE4. And I just don't like the aesthetic. Excuse me, I don't like the Robert Rodriguez. No, me neither. Uh, Spanish, Hispanic, Mexican thing. That the. I don't know. That just that that aesthetic to me as a person, I just don't appreciate. I don't like. It's to the point where I don't find anything interesting about that game at this point, other than the enemy designs, which is not a good place for games to be <laughs> when they're this early. Being... Huh? This early. This early. Like in the right. hype cycle for you to decide whether you want to play it or not. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I watched the trailer several times, and the most interesting thing I walked away from the trailer with was that there was a horse with a man's face. <laughs> like I was saying, all these like act character action games are like. Yeah. That never dead. Things are getting weird. Like, although never dead, I I might be the only person that buys that game when that comes out. Never dead is garbage. I, hope, I think it's gonna be good garbage. It's though. gonna be the worst game it's ever. It's going to be good garbage. I have no faith in that game <laughs> at all. Um, Konami is a it's not kind of. But see the thing. Okay, I want it to be good because it looks like it would be Bullet Witch 2, but the fact remains that it's Rebellion. And what do they make? Aliens vs. Predator. Oh. Yeah. I... But then... But I... Supposedly, the creative... They... It's almost like these developers thought that this console cycle would have ended by now. And all of these ideas would have just been dumped into the end of the... Like... Maybe. Like, this year would have been... Tech, would have been theoretically the year that either... Like, we... In the grand scheme of things, typically, if the economy hadn't tanked and if certain things hadn't happened within the industry that did, like the proliferation of digital distribution and all this stuff has sort of delayed the, the advancement of the, the hardware. Like, these are the kinds... Of, like, this is the kind of year where, like, nothing, there's no, like, real direction as to where anything is going. It's just, like, one random-ass game after another that has, like, no connection to the one that came out last week. You know, like, there's no thematic consistency, I guess, is what I'm saying. To me, it just feels like... And it's sort of like all these ideas that developers were like, oh, we still have to make games for these consoles because they haven't even announced new hardware. You could be right. What do we do? You know? And it's all these kind of weird ones. You could be right. To me, again, it just feels like uh, this was the last year that any of us are ever going to see any novelty in games for a long time. And the shit that you're starting to see that's going to be coming out in later 2011... And uh, beyond, just is going to help precipitate the what I think is going to be the gaming crash. Yeah. That and the terrorist attack that happens sometime later this. <laughs>Okay, that's the one game that's coming out in 2011. That's interesting to Capcom, me. right? Yeah, it's Capcom. Capcom. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, developed by CyberConnect2, who do the uh, the uh, Naruto games. Which, uh, for what... I don't, I've only played the one that has a demo up right now. It's not bad. It's kind of fun. But Supposedly I, they're a really good developer. I dislike that series so much that I can't let myself get into it. Sorry, Joe. I know you like it. But the... Uh, whatever it is... 
Battle Shippuden 9, whatever it's called. Um, I like it. It's pretty cool. I like the the way that they structure the fights and everything. But uh, supposedly what they said when they announced this game is they don't even know what it is yet, hardly. Yeah. Like, they don't know if they're delivering, like, a weird interactive experience or a real game or anything. But some of the parts they showed look pretty distinctly like a game. It'd probably be a lot uh, like God Hand. Just like a more comp, a more friendly God Hand. Uh, DMC. That happened. Team Ninja. Capcom. Ninja Theory. Let's give... Yeah, I keep making that mistake, which is why I was fine with it at first. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could see. It was like DMC, and I was like, Team Ninja, yeah, man, that sounds great. And then I realized the error of my ways. Like, okay, oh, here's, no. here, here's the bottom line for this game. <laughs> if there are as many Asian people working on it as are working on, as are, as whites are from um, Ninja Theory, mm -hmm. then the game will be amazing. Okay. If there's like a one to five ratio of Asians to whites, then I don't feel confident anymore. I, I, I don't feel confident in the game. I do because I, I think that they can, I mean, if they have a Capcom budget behind them, they're competent developers otherwise. Like, I like Enslaved and Heavenly Sword. Heavenly Sword. I like both of them. It's just that uh, there are, there's uh, certain things they're not good at. The gameplay <laughs> itself. Uh, I don't think they know how to make a game game. I think they know how to present a game. I don't think they know how to make a game's mechanics fun. And if you have enough Asians... Sorry, if this sounds racist in any way. You have enough Japanese people working on it to influence them in the right direction and basically say, you know, you make the graphics and you direct the cutscenes so Dante isn't fucking fighting while he's eating pizza like in Devil May Cry 3. One of the stupidest scenes in video game history. Um, you know the guy that directed that was the same that directed the cutscenes for... Metal Gear Solid. Uh, Twin Snakes? Yeah, Twin Snakes. That's not... I, I was going to say Twin Snakes, but yeah. I wanted to see if you could get it first, because I didn't know for sure. And, uh, but that's the only other game where I was like, what What game has terribly over the So time? ridiculous. Um, <laughs> anyway, if the Japanese make the fighting engine, or at least have enough input to direct Ninja Theory in the, in the right way. Then I, I feel good about it. I think it'll be all right. I like the direction they took with Dante uh, in that I, I liked where they were going. I, didn't, I don't like the execution of it. Like, they talk about it like they want to take him back to, like, the uh, 70s and early 80s punk. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they want to make him look like Ian Curtis. Yeah. But he doesn't look like Ian Curtis. No. I hate to break it to the, you guys, that Ninja Theory. He doesn't look like Ian Curtis. If like he did, it'd be a lot more interesting. He looks like the, the, the head of Ninja Theory. <laughs> looks like the head of Ninja Theory. Mixed with an emo kid from the Twilight series. I don't think that comment or those comments are really that ridiculous. No. I mean, to me, I think they're pretty legitimate. There's a case to be made for the fact that he really does resemble every boyish, thin youth in these movies that are coming out yeah. right now. Um, now, if he, I mean, really, if they if they made him look more like Ian Curtis, I think the game would be really cool. Because he already has a really cool attitude in the, tr in the uh, trailer. For me, I, I don't really mind it. Um, I don't think he acts out of character for what, the char for Dante, for what that right. character has been. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. Just fucking the, the the changes that they could make to him, the necessary changes are all very subtle. They're just very subtle. Yeah. Very small things you could. I thought use the same thing myself. To make him look a lot cooler and appeal to the fans of the original a lot more. Because they keep dropping that sort of late 70s, early 80s new wave punk thing, and I'm like, that's not how he's dressed though. He dressed him like right. he's, like he went to the mall today. Right. And he has a haircut from today. Yeah. Like stylistically, it's very modern. It's not at all new wave. Like no, it's, it's today's the difference, version of what that was. Exactly. Yeah. And the difference is very subtle. Right. But, but it's, there. it's still there. Yeah. Um, no, I thought the same thing too. I was like, just like, just go look at pictures of like, like Sid Vicious and Johnny Rotten, and basically just copy what you see in those pictures. Yeah, and that'll be it. But or Ian Curtis or any other disaffected, drunken out singer from the '80s, early '80s. I res- I, I, I like that idea. Like, I like the fact that they're sort of approaching it like that. I just think that they're like you said, it's like a misstep. On the actual appearance. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I it like... doesn't look like a ninja. I mean, it, the trailer's pre-rendered and everything, but it doesn't look like Enslaved looks like Heavenly Sword in certain ways. Yeah, like he, the girl looks like Naruko or whatever her name was from Heavenly Sword. And I don't, I don't think and it's that's, rendered. I don't think that's coincidental because they probably just used her model and changed it because she looked really good, and the girl in Enslaved looks really good. And it's uh, rendered in the same way that Heavenly Sword was. Right, yeah, it, has, it just has like a weird look, that look to it, with the way the engine puts those scenes together, and so it puts the scene together, and the way that, like, their eyes seem to be the most, what was paid the most attention to, and then, like, the further away something is from their eyes, the less mm-hmm. good it looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the trailer for DMC didn't look like any of those characters, and didn't look like either of those games. The only thing that frightens me that I picked up on was they talked a lot about... Uh, well, actually, the first thing I noticed in, in the trailer was I was getting, like, really serious, heavy prototype vibes from the game. Like, it, it felt like what they were... I mean, because you have to think... And I know you understand this, so I'm not talking to you. But you have to understand that uh, when a developer is making a trailer like this, cutting a CG trailer together when they're initially storyboarding it, um, you have to assume that what they're trying to do is show you what the game is going to feel like. Right. And so when I saw him messing around with the environment a real lot, it kind of frightened me. And then I heard them talk about how... Oh, right. Okay. I heard them talk about how, yeah, Dante's really young and he has these powers that he doesn't understand yet. They're just kind of like bursting out of him. And I was like, wow, you know, I saw him ground pound... I saw him grab a car with this elongated sword slash arm slash tentacle thing. I don't even know what it was. Throw it at somebody. I was like, this looks almost, I mean, like, literally, if I blurred my vision, it looks like prototype in action. And that's scary to me because DMC has always been about um, up-close combat and really in-depth combat uh, on a one-to-one basis. And taking your word for it, prototype is terrible. The, that's one of the, the other side of that statement is that's why it also worries you because right. that game's not any good. Right. Prototype is one of the worst games this generation. Period. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. Man, that game could go really either way. I think it'll be one of the most interesting games to follow for the next year, if not the most interesting, because it definitely has caused the most ruckus in the past. Do you couple think months. that they'll redesign him? No. They won't. They won't pull a infamous. 
No. I don't think so. I think at the the most they'll do, I think, is give him a different outfit. I or see. I think the mo I, I think the most they would do is make his hair white. Because for some reason, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest problem. Well, they talk about it, and they say that his hair will be white by the end of the game. And see, I think that's a really stupid thing. <laughs> it's 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 stupid that everyone's hung up on that. It's equally as stupid that they recognize it as something people would get hung up on, and now they're going to make it some moment where they're where it's like, hair's white. Now it's on. <laughs> like what? Like what? You know what well, I mean? Well, maybe maybe they didn't realize that everyone was gonna get this hung up on it. Maybe they just wanted to. Uh, maybe it was just a sort of side thing. Like, oh yeah, by the end of the game, it's now gonna it be won't white. Be, man. Now it won't be. I mean, I, I, They're I, far out in that game. I yeah, guess, so. but I could see someone making that change somehow okay. Oh, I have. I, and I'm directing not a scene that, in which I'm not that excluding happened. that what can happen would be good and interesting, and like I'd be like, yeah, all right, way to take something really dumb and actually not make it dumb anymore. I mean, maybe but. they won't even put a lot of focus on it. Maybe they'll just leave it in the background of the of the game as it was meant to be before people put up a fight about it. Like it might it might happen that way. If they want to make it sharp, it'll just do it over the course of the game, and you won't even really notice it until the end. Yeah, like it just keeps changing. <laughs> that is true. As like a measure of the growth of his power or whatever. We'll see though. Did you watch that interview with with uh, I don't remember his name. The guy, the the head of Team Ninja and. Uh, some guy from Capcom. Ninja Theory. Keep calling it Team Ninja. Goddamn. <laughs> Ninja Theory. Uh, and, uh, they're both together. Yes, I did see that interview. They're, talking about, like, they're trying to make it like, uh, what is it? it's like a fashion icon and tie in all these like, right movements and in, into what's going on in the culture right now. The really interesting thing is they're not doing a very good job at it at all. <laughs> right. I mean, if if you want to, well, they're it's, doing a good job of it, but for the entirely the wrong audience. Like, the only kind of people that respond to someone who looks the way Dante does in this trailer don't play video games. Could be, yeah. They watch Twilight. I just don't think that they really have a, a, firm, gra a firm grasp on, I guess, design or the zeitgeist of any current aesthetic that's going on right now. It feels to me like they're... Oh boy, this is offensive in a way. It feels to me like they're video game nerds who don't know anything about design outside of video games. Yeah. And they're looking at the world through the lens of video games and they're yeah. sort of taking these aspects that they think are cool or in vogue and right. you know, hoping that they are in vogue, hoping that they're right or assuming that they're right and saying, "Yeah, you know we're hitting on all these uh, really popular trends like graffiti. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, what? Western game design. I mean, is that what Western game design is? Really? I don't, I, I don't really know. I just don't know why they would. The whole point, the whole thing was like, why did they show this at TGS? Like, why? That's did you, another. Why did you pick Japan? That's like a slap <laughs> across the entire country. <laughs> Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped turned upside down.
Kids and all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of school. 